He was like, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Like, just so <laughs> bold for Jesus. And I was like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He was like, well, why can't I tell that you believe in Jesus? This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. Welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This is Kylie, and this week I have with me Dakota. <laughs> I'm here, baby. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, so we met Dakota this summer out at a lack. <laughs> we also have a live audience um, of Reese and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so we met Dakota this summer at Alaska, and uh, we've been... A lighthouse and Christ-centered always. Yeah. And so we've been waiting for him to schedule, but he just informed me that coming out and just forcing him to do it was the best way to do it, and that is what is happening right now. I have handcuffs <laughs> no, on don't. my feet and on my hands. Gun to his head. Okay. Just then. to put a visual uh, in your minds. He's a slave to Christ, bro. Yeah. Amen, These are man. figurative, not literal. So, <laughs> so let's pray, guys. All right. Dear Father in Heaven, please be with Dakota and I as we record this episode in our audience. Um, please just be with the words that are spoken. Let them bring glory to your name and help just bring to mind the words and the stories that Dakota should share um, so that the audience will learn to know who you are and just more about you. And amen. A Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, so, Dakota, tell us where you're from. Where am I from? Yeah. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin. So, I'm from Wisconsin, right in between Milwaukee and Chicago, in a place called Racine, Wisconsin. And if you Google it on Urban Dictionary, on Urban Dictionary, it's uh, considered the armpit of Wisconsin. So. Yeah. I'm from the armpit. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's real cool. I grew up in a very, very heavily drugged out, gang ridden place. So yeah, mm. but now I'm in you know little Podunk, Idaho. So <laughs> it's way better. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Okay, and then so tell us about your religious background. Did you grow up in a Christian home or like? No. So I grew up. With a single mom, mm -hmm. and my dad was in prison for almost my entire life, and he actually just got out, not this December, but this December before that, um, and I haven't really had too much of a relationship with him. I tried to right after I got married, because my mom never wanted me to hang out with him, and so I tried to get into a relationship with him and just be cordial and get to know one another. Um, but pretty much everything that everyone told me about him ended up being true, and he was super manipulative and lied to me right off the bat and caught him up in all kinds of lies. And so I don't really have a good relationship with my dad. But my mom, I have a pretty good relationship with, but my mom is not a believer. Um, she, If you ask her, she'd probably tell you that she's Catholic, but that's because my great-grandparents are Catholic. <laughs> so when your great-grandparents are Catholic, everyone's Catholic. Everybody becomes Catholic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, I didn't really grow up necessarily going to anything other than um, Mass whenever I was hanging out at my great-grandparents' house mm -hmm. for the weekend, um, which was really good. I mean, 
growing up, I, I liked it. I never, like, dreaded going. It was always something that I looked forward to because it was, like, this ritual thing, and I had to be quiet, and for whatever reason, like, that was interesting to me. And then I would, like, watch this guy in a robe, like, walk down this aisle, and it was just, I don't know, I just found it fascinating. <laughs> I have not been to Catholic, um, like, Mass before, but yeah. it's something that's kind of, like, it's I definitely experience. experience. The more I know about the Catholic Church, the weirder and less I want to. Like the weirder it is, and the less I want to go to mass. Okay, yeah. Well, but, moving on from yeah, goes down a rabbit hole. Um, I came to get some stories from you about your testimony. My testimony. Yeah. Oh man, it's almost like. I work for a camp that teaches kids all summer how to share their testimony or something. So, so you. <laughs> There's our live audience. No. Um, so that means you're really great at doing it, then, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all the glory to God. But. Yeah, all the glory be to Christ. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, single mom, dad in prison. Me and my sister are super close in age, so much so in the fact that we are Irish twins. We're the same age for seven days wow. every single year. Now, try to explain to uh, like second grader and a first grader how they're not actually twins. That was really hard for us to wrap our minds around. <laughs> my mom's like, I can assure you, you're not, <laughs> you're not twins. <laughs> so that was really fun. I always had a really close relationship with my sister. We're the only two that my mom ever had. And who's older? Me. I'm older by. I'm not going to do that math. <laughs> My brain doesn't work that well. But, uh, yeah. And so, with that... 358. 358. I'm glad you did it for me. <laughs> and so, so with that, we were super close. Um, when I got into elementary school, into the third grade, I believe... I was walking home and I went past this lady with a flyer and she handed me it and I took it and she said, give it to your parents. And so I gave it to my mom. And then one thing led to another and I was going to this good news club after school and they taught me little Bible stories and we memorized Bible verses and we sang songs. And there was this like 98 year old woman with wrinkly hands just playing these songs on a <laughs> piano, just serving the Lord in her old age and it's super beautiful looking back on it. But I never like took any of it seriously. Um, I remember being in daycare in probably the fifth grade and like... I had I was super I was getting into, super into Yu-Gi-Oh cards at the time, and this all has a purpose by the way. I'm not just like <laughs> randomly talking about Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> and the there's this kid who came. He's like my youth pastor, um, in my church. He said that that Yu-Gi-Oh cards are of the devil, and that every time you say one of their names, you're like calling on demons, right? Oh, and in my head, I was like, oh, I don't care. I like Yu-Gi-Oh, you know. <laughs> And so then the next week after that, it was either one week or two weeks after that, another lady, she, or another lady, or another lady, a lady came to my daycare to pick up her kid, and somehow or another, she ended up preaching the gospel to me. Whoa. I can remember, and like, can very vividly that she was preaching the gospel to me, like, just out of nowhere. And she was like, you need to, like, believe in Jesus. And, and in my mind, I understood that in order to follow Jesus, I was going to have to give up Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh. And I literally looked at her and I was like, 
I don't want to stop playing Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> and, she, and she had me no context. Just no context. <laughs> no context at oh, all. Oh, goodness. And so Dakota was not going to give up Yu-Gi-Oh! for God mm. when he was in fifth grade. So I go to orientation because before you go into middle school, you go, you know, you go, you show up to school early, you go to this orientation, there's all these different booths of things that you can sign up for, like shop or band or whatever it was. And my mom stopped at this one booth and it was for this thing called Campus Life. And it was an after school program again, um, where you could stay after, you could have Bible lessons, play games, have fun. You know, things like that. And my mom, being a single mom this entire time, obviously loves the free daycare, of course. <laughs> and so she signs up on that. Yeah, she signs up for, signs me up for all of it, which is, I mean, I really, I praise God that, that she did. So I started going to that in sixth grade, and I just remember just not caring. Once again, I was just totally unfazed by it all. I like, if you would have asked me, Hey, is God real? I would have told you, absolutely. If you, if you would ask me, are you living for God? I would have told you, no, I'm just hanging out with my friends. I don't really care. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so with that, I met some really cool people and then I went to a retreat, you know, like, like you do when you're in middle school and high school, you, you go to winter retreats. And I went there and nothing happened. I couldn't even tell you what they were talking about. I mean, I just did not pay attention, did not care. I was the kid that makes me frustrated now in my job, right? <laughs> so I can have lots and lots of grace. <laughs> it's payback. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the Lord has a sense of humor. <laughs> and so, but while I was there, I got bullied really, really bad because that was before Dakota got really, really big, right? And so uh, I, got, I just got bullied a lot by kids there and so I just didn't want anything to do with it I just had I do remember that I had I had a bad time because I got bullied mm. um at the, at the camp yeah at the Christian Aww. camp oh good old Christians you know we're mm. so good at at loving one another uh -huh. like Jesus told us to especially if they're different oh yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> but then in that in, <laughs> in that sixth grade year right at the tail end my mom brought this boyfriend to pick me up from school and she was like, hey, this guy's name's Nick. I really like him. la di da di da And she ended up getting married to him very, very quickly over that oh, wow. summer. And then so I moved, went to a different school. That school didn't have campus life, didn't go to campus life. Mm. Eighth grade year comes along. My One of the only friends who I made at that camp, his name was Isaiah, he invited me to go to that camp again. And I was really kind of on the fence about it. I was like, obviously, I had a really bad time the first time. But he was like, come on, it'll be fun. And so I did. And at the time, I had just really gotten into snowboarding. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. I'll be able to go snowboarding at this camp, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the Lord just really, really got a hold of my heart that weekend. I, I mean, I can remember it just being so on fire for God, so excited about the things of the Lord. I remember sitting crisscross applesauce, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. on a cement floor in a basement in the middle of winter with the youth leader at the time whose name was Pastor Keith, and he kind of just walked me through, like, what What do I do? Like, I know this God is awesome. I know he's real. Like, what do I do? And so he kind of helped me with that, and I really truly believe that at that point is when I believed in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that I understood that I was a sinner, that I understood that he died on a cross for me, that he raised from the dead. I didn't understand all the implications and all of the 
theological weight behind it. <laughs> but like I knew the very basics, yeah. right? But like the great thing is understanding all that isn't necessary. It's, it's not necessary, but it's a sweet, sweet bonus afterwards. Sure you know, is. it's super sure. exciting to learn about. But at the time, that's all I knew. And so um, I, after that retreat, I left and I went back to school and no one was discipling me. No one was telling me how to be a Christian. No one was showing me, you know, things in the Word of God. I didn't even know that you were supposed to read the Bible because, yeah. I mean, I grew up Catholic. Catholics don't read the Bible, <laughs> you know. And so there, my Catholic grandmother has told me many times, stop reading the Bible, Cody, because oh, wow. she calls me Cody. Uh-huh. She's like, you're not supposed to read that. You can't un understand it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point. So then, eighth grade year, I'm, I'm I'm a believer, but I'm not. I'm just still living the same way. I don't understand. I didn't even know that you're supposed to stop cussing, right? I just <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah. I go to my freshman year. I'm acting a hot mess. Still believe in Jesus, but don't know anything. And then, my sophomore year of high school, I show up. And I have this really cool encounter with a guy named David Meekma. And now the beautiful thing about my encounter with David Meekma is it would have never happened without me being kind of stupid in my freshman year. <laughs> so I had an AB block class. So two hours a day, I'd take an algebra class. So I, in Wisconsin, you only need two credits of math to graduate high school. And so I was going to get them done right away my freshman year. And so I, I took it. And at the end of the year, I went up to my teacher and said, I want you to know that I cheated the entire year on every uh, exam, on every test, on every piece of homework, and I have absolutely no idea how to do any of this. Why did you tell her this? Only because of the Holy Spirit. I mean, seriously, oh, wow. I, 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 I attribute it all to God. Wow. I mean, I really, really do. I, there's no reason that a freshman in high school goes to their teacher and tells them that they cheated all year round. No. And, and I, I, I can't tell you why I did it, but I did. And so... I had to take those math classes all over again, <laughs> and, thanks, and thank God, because in that algebra class, I met a guy named David Meekma, and he came up to me week one of my sophomore year. I mean, we had just gone to school. He was like, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Like, just so <laughs> bold for Jesus. And I was like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He was like, well, why can't I tell you you believe in Jesus? No, <laughs> and he said, are you going to a youth group? And I said, yeah, I'm going to this youth group, blah, blah, blah. He said, what youth group are you going to? And I told him what youth group it was. And he verbatim said, that youth group sucks. Oh. You should go to mine. Wow. And I praise God that he he said that because it was true. My, the youth group I was going to sucked. Like I said, I wasn't being discipled. I wasn't being brought up in the Word of God. And you didn't I wasn't, know what was right, what was wrong. I wasn't being pointed to Jesus. Cool. It was just a bunch of fun and games and basically a social club for yeah, teenagers. Yeah, I've been to one of those. Mm -hmm. They're they're very popular, but they're yeah. very useless. Yeah. And so he brought me to his youth group, and I started being discipled. I was given a Bible that I could understand, and I just started reading and reading and reading i started getting serious about god somebody told you you needed to read it huh somebody told you you needed yeah <laughs> he's like what do you mean you're not reading the bible <laughs> and so i was finally being discipled and i mean i just started growing in leaps and bounds i became known at my school as the bible boy mm. because i brought my bible everywhere with me and i mean to the point where there would be kids getting ready to fight in the middle of my hallway like 
literally about to fight each other and I'd step in between them and I'd be like, y'all need Jesus. And I'd put my Bible in the air and they would just be so shocked that this fat white kid just told them that they need Jesus and then while they're about to fight each other, they'd walk away. Like all these like really fun things. I was just super radical to the point where I was supposed to be taking tests in school and I'd be like, nah, I'm preaching the gospel to this girl next to me at this desk, right? And so... Wow. I mean, it was just like a 180. It was just like finally someone had shown me what to do with this relationship that I had with Jesus. And it was beautiful and it was awesome and it was exciting. And I wanted nothing more than to just live for Jesus. And so that is pretty much how I got my start, how I got serious about my relationship with God. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool, though. Like Finally, you're like, all right, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you did it. Because yeah. a lot of us, we find out what we're supposed to be doing, and then we're like, I will go, instead of going to Nineveh, I will go the other direction, God. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right. That's super cool. Do you have any stories about how you've seen, like, God, like, do other stuff in your life? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, after that, my youth pastor left to go be a senior pastor at a church through some, you know, church political drama, of course. Mm, gotta love that. You, you gotta love it. Um, but then he, the the pastor at that church that I was going to youth group with, he brought his son on, his son on as a youth pastor, which everyone in the youth group was pretty upset about because no one liked the guy. But anyways, he was he was planning a missions trip for us all to go on, and in this time, right when all this was happening. My mom started getting a divorce with that guy named Nick because I was on fire for Jesus and he was Catholic and he wanted me to be Catholic and my sister to be Catholic and all these things, but we didn't want to be Catholic. (laughs) So (laughs) that was a really big problem and he ended up leaving my mom over it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's just, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But the thing that really shook things up was I started I started saving up for this missions trip. He t- he assured my mom, hey, like, we need the down payment, but we're going to help him fundraise, all these things. They never helped me fundraise. And then, like, the week of the missions trip, he's like, all right, I need the money to my mom. And she's like, I don't have the money. I'm in the middle of a divorce right now. Oh, goodness. You know, I'm I'm getting left on the, on the side of the street with my kids. Like, I don't have this money. He's like, well, then can I use that money that you, that your son put down as a down payment towards someone else? And my mom, I mean, my mom was just not happy about that. She's like, that's his money, you know, and all these things. And one thing led to another. She didn't want me to go to youth group anymore. Wow. So I started going to youth group with um, my friend whose name is also Dakota. And that was really, really, really bad. He was going to an a church church they are a part of the upci which preaches the oneness doctrine so basically they don't believe in the trinity they believe that you have to speak in tongues to be saved if women cut their hair it's their it's their it's their fault that their husband's cheating on them all these really really crazy things and here's i'm going to this church and i'm just a new believer i don't really know all that much and so i'm just like yeah, all Christians love God, right? <laughs> so I'm just going full force to this church, not really knowing any better. And then my mom, uh, very quickly, I would say within like maybe six months or seven months of me going to that church, she pulled me out of it because she was just like, no, this is a cult. Like, this is not okay. You should not You should not be going there. And I'm, I praise God that yeah, uh, he gave my mom the discernment to do that. And so she took me out of it, and I wasn't allowed to go to church anymore. 
I was cut off. From all churches? or From all churches. She just didn't want me going anymore. She just couldn't deal with it anymore. It was I mean, one too many bad experiences. Yeah, that's kind of terrible. And so here I am, a junior in high school, and I love Jesus, and I'm not allowed to go to church anymore. And so what do I do? I start listening to sermons on my laptop and listening to praise and worship music in my bedroom and just worshiping Jesus. Mm. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's, dude, and he, he blessed me with the will. And so it was really, I mean, a pretty life-changing experience. And through all this, I had to really just make my faith my own because my, my mom doesn't believe that, I mean, everyone whose faith I could have tried to leech off on, like, just keep getting taken away from me. So I was like, all right, this has got to be, I got to be all in. I can't be like leeching off someone else's faith or my parents' faith that they don't have. Like I just, it's, it's got to be me and you, God. We have to be in a, in a relationship. And so that was a really, I mean, that was a really big learning experience for me. And I really praise God that he, he brought me through that. So with that, bringing campus life back into my testimony, this kid was who was like, hey, dude, there's this program during a lunch hour where they give you free pizza, and it's way better than the lunch that we get at school. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what is it? And he's like, it's called Campus Life. And I was like, I know, I, I know that. I, I went to that. I remember that. And so what it was is just across the parking lot from my school, there was a city center, and that's where they held it. And so during my lunch hour, I started going there. And I met this guy named Ryan Reed. He's this old dude who was super lame and just wanted to know me and wanted to love on me and wanted to disciple me. And I wanted nothing to do with him because he was an old guy, right? <laughs> I, I, was, I was young and dumb. I didn't understand that the wisdom that he had to bring to the table. And so it was just kind of funny. He just, every week he'd give me his, his business card. He'd be like, hey, let's, let's go to McDonald's and, you know, get a cheeseburger and, and, and talk about the like Bible. A free McDonald's though? <sighs> I mean, I guess I wasn't a fat enough kid, you know? <laughs> and so... With that, he just was super persistent, and he knew my story and how I wasn't allowed to go to youth group and all these things and how I loved Jesus and I was on fire for God, mm. and so he just kept handing me this super cringy uh, business card. He gave you a new one every week? Yeah! I mean, they're so cheap. I mean, they're practically free. And so... His church finally had gotten a youth pastor, which he had been work in the works with for a while. His name was Chad Dillard. And so he showed up to the campus life one week. And finally, Ryan had like this younger guy with him. And so finally, I was like, sure, I'll hang out with you. But you're going to have to talk to my mom because she's like really not happy about this, you know, the whole church situation. And so they talked with my mom and my mom didn't understand that, you know, we're two or more gathered. There I am with you. And so she was like, oh, they're just going to McDonald's when really we were just being the body of Christ at McDonald's, Ooh. being the church at McDonald's. And so we started going through the book of John together and it was really good. And I, and I was, I was learning truth. They were kind of helping me to, to heal and recover from a lot of the lies that I had heard at that church. Um, and a lot of the false doctrine, false gospel that I was starting to align myself with. And I really praise God for them. And, and with that, my mom started letting me go over to his house. And so I started having dinner with his family 
and all these things. And while that was happening, his daughter was helping lead worship at another youth group. And so, you know, I'm, there's always a female. There's always a female. <laughs> Those pretty girls. And so, but I didn't know there was a pretty girl. I just knew I was going over this old dude's house talking about the Bible, right? And so, um, yeah, then she finally, I mean, they, they really built a good rapport with my mom. And so she's like, fine, you can go to their youth group. And I started going to the youth group with them. And throughout this time, I was in a relationship with a, with some girl in high school. And it was not God glorifying and it was dumb. Um, but it was just filling this, this hole in my heart that I should have been filling with God. And... I remember praying because I was just super convicted about our relationship. I'm like, this clearly, I'm so unequally yoked. It's not even funny. And um, I was like, God, if you want me to break up with her, like, give me a sign. You guys don't ask God for signs. You don't need a sign. We have the scriptures. He's very clear on what we should and shouldn't do. But I asked God for a sign. And so my mom never asked me about my relationship with this girl because why would your mom care about your high school relationship? And so we're driving, she, my mom picked me up from a friend's house and we're driving home and she said, so how are you and Sierra doing? Which was my girlfriend's name at the time. And in that very moment, right as she asked me that this lady runs a stop sign while texting and driving and we get T-boned and driven off the road into the ditch and I just remember so vividly, immediately, just being like, all right, God, I'm not dumb. I know a sign oh, when, wow. I, when I see one. <laughs> and so I broke up with her the next morning. And I'll glory wow. to Christ. Like, my mom was fine. I was fine. My chihuahua that got thrown across the car was fine. <laughs> like, everything was, like, everything was okay. I got a bunch of money to help me buy a bunch of toys, you know, from insurance <laughs> settlements. <laughs> Like, everything was fine, okay? And God was glorified in it. And so I broke up with her. And I was like, Lord, I just want to focus on you. I'm done with this stupid girl drama. Like, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to focus on you. And in that time, Ryan Reed's daughter, Caitlin Reed, was in a relationship. And she broke up with her boyfriend and said, I'm married to you, Jesus. You know, that whole thing. (laughs) And so I started going to that youth group. And... I remember I'd probably been going there for five, six months, and my youth pastor, Chad, at the end of this uh, lesson was like, hey, does anyone want to pray? And Caitlin, being a pastor's kid, never, like, wanted to be that one, like, oh, I want to pray, because, you know, that's what everyone expects of her, but no one wanted to pray, and so finally she raised her hand, I'll pray, and I remember her praying, and I just looked up, and I just stared at her, and I was like... That's the girl I'm going to marry. No. And long story short, I did. Hello. (laughs) I know a good woman, a God, when I see one. I wasn't going to let that. Dude, it's so hard to find a good girl here, man. Oh, my gosh. And to find one that that was that awesome, unheard of. She is pretty awesome. And so, yeah, my wife's amazing. I mean, if you guys have been listening to podcasts, you heard Caitlin Davis's podcast. She's phenomenal. She's a rock star. And she gives all the glory to God. You know, mm-hmm. what more could you ask for? And so, I mean, I tried so hard to marry her. And <laughs> I probably asked her dad five times to marry her. He never told me no. <laughs> but he kept saying, not yet. 
Not yet. You're not ready. Not <laughs> so, yet. Uh, and you were dating her. During and I was dating her, okay. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, can I please marry her? And he was so right. I mean, no one's ever actually ready for marriage. But I was definitely, definitely not ready for marriage. And then finally one day he saw a couple of the changes in me that he was looking for. And um, without me even asking, he gave me permission. And Aww. So that was that was really really cool, and um, my wife and I we stayed pure for our entire relationship wow, and God. most of our engagement. But we were engaged for just a little bit too long. My <laughs> wife and I, no, seriously, we were. I mean, I, I'm all for short engagements. I was for short engagements before we got married, and. But, you know, her family had to come from far away. And so we had to wait over a year to get married. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. Engaged, and so. three weeks before we got married, my wife and I found us in and, like, chose to, like, sleep with one another. And it was really, like, kind of just this shot in the chest of just being like, I thought I was this good Christian kid, but, you know, all these things. It's like, no. You're a sinner. Like Jesus didn't die for nothing, you know? You're not you're not hot stuff just cuz you are young and you're in ministry doesn't mean that you're perfect. You're mm-hmm. not. You're flawed. And so that was it was a time where that was like really depressing in my life cuz I I was I wanted to be held to the standard. I thought I was awesome. I thought I was like this thing, this guy that God was looking for this whole time to, you know, use to do ministry. Like, no, I'm not that important, right? No, but that's so, like, sometimes, like, our sins, like, God uses them to humble us. Cause he I does. Know, like, I know, like, I similar, you know, I grew up a Christian and thought I was, like, this good little Christian girl. And they, not that I was above sin or above other people, but, you know, just like, oh, I'm not going to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I did. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and so then I'm like, it really, you know, affects mm-hmm. your relationship with God and affects your view of yourself. It does. And so, I mean, that was devastating. But, you know, thank God we got married three weeks later. And we had, uh, in in that year, I would have told you that we had a really good first year of marriage. Mm. Hindsight, we had a really terrible first year <laughs> of marriage, okay? I mean, I grew up in a household where my mom is super loud. Um, and Dakota's not and loud. I'm not loud at all, right? I, there's no no he question. Like yeah, I'm I'm definitely a quiet guy. But there's really there's no question where I get being <laughs> loud from. And so my family they fight about everything. Like if you're not yelling, you're losing the argument, right? <laughs> and so I and my wife was raised the opposite. Like her parents literally have never yelled at each other. That's crazy. Yeah. And so here I have this beautiful, delicate, quiet wife who's awesome and loving, and I'm ginormous, rude, <laughs> disrespectful, and yelling at her. Like it was awful, mm-hmm. right? I don't recommend yelling at your wife ever. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah, right? it's good advice. It. Yeah, it lot, it's easy to say. It's a lot harder when you're when you grow up in a yelling family to actually like live it out. But I was working this job where I was working seventy five to eighty hours a week most of the time. Oh, wow! And my wife was working at Starbucks, waking up at four in the morning. Oh my goodness! And so we weren't actually ever seeing each other. And then when we were, we were so I was so exhausted. I was just yelling at her and so it was really really bad but i knew i I wanted to go into ministry um i knew the lord had uh bigger plans for me than cleaning human feces out of people's basements and so (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I, I went to Caitlin and I was like, you know what? You're a pastor's kid. You know so much about the Bible. I don't feel like I can spiritually lead you at all whatsoever. I'm totally unequipped. Like, we need to go to Bible school. And she was like, okay, we're, what are you thinking? And I was like, well, I don't want to go into debt. I don't like debt. I hate debt. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care about going anywhere accredited because I don't want to pay all that money to go to an accredited college. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, those are all really good points. And so we were just like, well, let's look at unaccredited Bible colleges. And so she went and looked at unaccredited Bible colleges. I went and looked at unaccredited Bible colleges. And we came back together like maybe a week, two weeks after that. And she's like, so what do you think? And I was like, well, what was that school in your testimony? Like, because my wife wasn't a believer, obviously. And then she went to this winter retreat at this Bible school and then was a believer. I said, where was that? And she's just like, oh, I was thinking of the same place. You know, all, you know, crying. And it was a place called Montana Wilderness School of the Bible. And I looked at their starting dates and it was like, they were starting up three weeks after Whoa. we talked about that and i was like hey we should go like right now like let's pack our bags sounds let's like go you. <laughs> yeah it definitely sounds like me and she was like yeah no that's not smart <laughs> like we had to be responsible and i was like ah, fine so we waited a whole year to go oh my goodness. we um, worked a ton saved up a bunch of money uh like raised a bunch of money and we were able to pay for two people to go to the school and it was just uh and we just seen god everywhere that's so cute that you guys like went to bible school together bible school we sat the class together i just think that's really cute we were the only married couple there like obviously other than the staff and it was wonderful and we got to build i mean we had been married for i think like a year and a half maybe when we started going there Mm -hmm. we got to build our like marriage's foundation like on jesus christ that is just so cute yeah and we got to say goodbye to the american dream which i hated but i was living in mm-hmm. and um it was really wonderful and i and i had an amazing mentor there an amazing guy discipling me who wasn't my wife's dad which was a game changer <laughs> because like i love him but having your wife's dad as your mentor has its like shortcomings yeah like you don't want to be all the awesome. i don't want to look at him hey ryan i yell at your daughter all the time like no <laughs> one wants to tell him that right <laughs> and so finally i have this guy who i can really be real with and it was it was beautiful i under i i, I was understanding and learning more about how truly sinful i am about how truly amazing god is about what the gospel actually means and its implications in my life and it was wonderful and it was a and it was a school that taught me how to learn instead of just telling me what to think and i really really enjoyed it and during that time caitlin's youth one of caitlin's youth pastors the one who she was leading worship at their youth group moved out to idaho to be camp directors at Camp Alaka. And so that was only six hours away from my Montana Wilderness School, the Bible that I was going to. <laughs> and so in my Mitsubishi Montero Sport 1996, you know what I'm saying? We drive that thing six hours over Lolo Pass, you know, in oh, no. all the bad weather. And we spent all the money on gas money that we didn't have. <laughs> and it was amazing. We'd come out, we'd visit. We helped with their very first um, winter retreat that they put on. Aww. We helped with their women's retreat, their men's retreat. We came out for our fall break, our winter break. We just kept coming out because we just loved it here. And I remember just like not 
even wanting to go back to Bible school because I'm like, this is where we're supposed to be, you know? <laughs> and I mean, one thing led to another and, and talks with Mike and Timmy like, hey, we can offer you this four month position for the summer. We can't really offer you anything after that, but would you want to come out? And so I was like, oh, you can offer me four months. Yeah, sure, I'll move everything that I own to my entire family out here. <laughs> and so I did. And we had an amazing summer, and God was glorified. I was humbled. Our, me and Mike's relationship was strained beautifully. Strained beautifully. Strained beautifully. <laughs> and, like, the board, for whatever reason, decided to keep me and Caitlin on. I really think they were just being selfish and wanted to keep my wife, but <laughs> I, had a, I, I was kind of a part of the package. Oh, darn it. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so... Um, they, they hired us on full-time, and we've been in Idaho for three and a half years now. Wow. And we are going to be having our fourth winter retreat that I've been a part of, which is really exciting this weekend. And, I mean, there's been so many God stories in, in between now and then. But it's just really cool to see where the camp was when I first showed up, where it's at now especially with facilities because I'm the program director and facilities manager here because I can't just wear one hat. They, no. can't, they can't afford to pay me just for one hat. <laughs> I have to wear two hats. Mm. And so, but like just, I mean, just the facility sides alone makes me super proud and humble that the Lord is, is providing in those ways. And also in the programming aspect of it is just like, we're, we have more high school girls on our last winter retreat two weekends ago. More high school girls than we did with middle school and high school combined that first year all Whoa. together. Wow. And so it's just like just the Lord is the one who brings increase. He does. He's honoring the fact that we are non-denominational camp. We're not worried about all these, you know, rib issues. We're only worried about the spine issues, the things that really matter, which is the gospel. You can come to our camp from pretty much any denomination and you're going to feel at home because we only care about Jesus Christ's righteousness, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and how we can glorify him with our lives. Like, that's all we're worried about. That's so and awesome. the rest doesn't matter unless you talk to me inside my house. And if you talk to me inside my house, I have a lot of strong opinions. But when I'm at camp, none <laughs> of that matters. Because all that matters is Christ and him crucified. And that's all I really, at the end of the day, care about. Because Paul in First Corinthians told the First Corinthians church, for when I came to you, I decided to know nothing among you other than Christ and him crucified. And then some another spot he says, Woe to me if I come to you and I do not preach the gospel. I mean, we have this obligation as Christians to like preach the gospel. We have the Great Commission. And so many times people get caught up with this morality gospel or this prosperity gospel or this feel-good gospel or this southern gospel of my grandma saved so so am i like who cares <laughs> that's not what it's about it's about the fact that you have a relationship with jesus christ that you are glorifying him and you are glorifying him in your actions and your life decisions 
that you're not, you're not worried about what am I going to do for me? You're worried about how can I serve him more? And so it's just really beautiful because I get to, uh, to speak into young people's lives and help them to understand that it's not about you. It's about God. It's not about what you want. It's about his will being done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, ask in his name and, and, and whatever you want and it will be given to you. But that's only when you've aligned yourself yeah. with his will and what he wants. So if you want what God wants, yeah, God's going to make it happen. <laughs> I want this God, this camp to be God glorifying. This camp is increasingly becoming more God glorifying. I want kids to come here in the droves, not because I care about numbers, but because, but because I care about God getting more glory for more young people. Mm-hmm. And so more young people are coming, <laughs> right? It's super simple. And so, yeah, it's just wonderful. I'm so proud of my wife and the things that she has done here at Alaka because she's the kitchen director. She does not want to be the kitchen director. <laughs> that is not what she loves to do. But she has has submitted herself as my wife, like, just so beautifully and just saying, if this is what's going to get us to Alaka, if this is what's going to keep us at Alaka, me being in the kitchen, then I'll do it because I know that this is what the Lord is leading you in and I'm going to follow your lead. Aww. And it's been really, really, really just humbling is not even a big enough word to just watch her do that. And like, I don't deserve it. I'm an, I'm a literal fool, Okay. But the like the Lord uses the foolish to humble, you know, yeah. like really cool, great, awesome, and the world's eyes people. And so I'm going to be a fool for Jesus. I'm going to be a nobody for Jesus. I'm going to be a loser for Jesus. I'm going to be a fat kid for Jesus. I'm going to be a weirdo for Jesus. I'm going to be a crazy program director for Jesus. I'm going to be who God has called me to be. And God hasn't called me to be. You know, Reese or Josh or anybody, he's called Dakota to be Dakota. And who Dakota is supposed to be is a child of God who glorifies God. And so if I can glorify God by making kids eat spicy chips before they hear the gospel, (laughs) I'm going to glorify God by having kids eat spicy chips before they hear the gospel. Like, that's that's where the Lord has me right now. And I didn't think I was going to be in camp ministry. I thought I was going to be writing, like, youth group lessons every week and being a youth pastor. And Lord knows people would love for Dakota to be the youth pastor. But I'm like, sorry, kids. That's not where the Lord has me right now. And believe me, I get it a lot why aren't you a youth pastor because that's that's not my hat Mm. the lord has given me hats and that's not one of them now i can come be a guest speaker at your youth group and blah 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 but right now the lord has me at camp alaka and i'm so excited he has me at camp alaka and i'm so excited with the things that he's doing and the things that he has planned we have so many people signed up to do our internship program this summer we're like freaking out not like in a bad way, but we just don't know, like, Lord, we're really going to have to tell 10 girls that they can't do our internship program? Well, we were on our knees pleading with people to be a part of our internship program three years ago, wow. you know? And now we just like, 
what are we going to do? <laughs> but the Lord brings the increase. And so, I mean, I'm really excited to see what God, that God is moving here. It's really cool when you pour your whole self into something and like see the Lord really just bless it. And not everybody gets to do that. There are men of God who are amazing and who love God. And God calls them to pastor dying churches. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That is beautiful. And, and I'm so proud of so many men who are doing that right now and who are loving them well but the lord has blessed me to be in a place where i can see the increase where i can see kids who were in middle school the first year i came here and now are like our interns and are sharing the gospel with people and i'm like what in the world (laughs) you were chugging mountain dew four years ago out of a sock and now you're preaching the gospel to kids this is unreal it's so exciting (laughs) and it's just like i have the coolest job ever and i would have never picked it out but the lord knows best his ways are higher than my own and he's led me here so beautifully so patiently he's been super kind and you know um not the best guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not the best at anything, really. I'm really good at like closing my eyes and preaching the gospel to a bunch of kids. But other than that, and that's all glory be to Christ, right? Because that's just the Holy Spirit. So really, it's not even me. But other than that, <laughs> I got nothing going for me, right? I'm out of shape. I'm not very smart. I'm not really skilled at anything. I struggle at reading my Bible. I'm a terrible prayer warrior. and But I'm willing to humble myself and be used by God. And that's all he's asking for. Amen. He's not asking for me to be perfect at all these other things. He's asking for me to be humble and to be willing to be used by him. And like, okay, God, I suck <laughs> at everything else. I might as well trust in you. <laughs> and that's what I do. That's so awesome. And he blesses it. Yeah. That's the prosperity gospel, dude. That's so exciting. Come on, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and so, and especially with, like, this last retreat that we just had, this last one retreat, and leading up to it, I was talking about John 15 with another gal who she did a phenomenal job um, co-leading that with me. And just being in that passage so deep for so long, just, like, you know, abide in me and I in you. My word does not abide in you, you know, you're in trouble, right? And like I, I brought it to the students and I said, hey, you guys, the Lord gives us two options. You're either going to dwell with God or you're going to spend eternity in hell away from God. Dwell or hell. Like it's super <laughs> cut and dry. Like we have two options. There's no purgatory. There's no middle option. There's no, oh, I'll spend enough time in hell that I get to go to hell. Like, no, I am so undeserving of God's grace. Like the the Bible literally says no one is good. No, not one. All have fallen short of the glory of God. No one seeks for God. And yet here I am seeking the Lord. Why is that? Because of his Holy Spirit convicting me. Like it's all God. Like when I say all glory be to Christ, it's not because it's my favorite song. I say it because it's my life. Like everything I have is because of God. My wife is amazing because God made her amazing. I have air in my lungs because the Lord allowed me to wake up and breathe today. Like I am fat because the Lord 
water provides enough food for me to eat enough food to be fat? Like, it's amazing. Like, all glory be to Christ. All I deserve is eternity in hell. Like, literally, that's it. I don't deserve anything. It's not in me. It's Christ in me that makes me worthy. Like, I am infinitely worthy because I have an infinite worthiness oh. that is not my own. I have a false righteousness that is Christ's righteousness. Like, his righteous life is the reason that I have a righteous life. It's not because I gave up everything to go be a camp director. Who cares? Like, this isn't even that hard. It's a pretty fun job. But literally, I deny myself and I put on Christ and the God of the universe looks down at me and smiles. When apart from him, he literally couldn't even look at me. Because I was so disgusting. So yes, I am worthy. Yes, I am a co-heir with Christ, but not because of anything Dakota has done or anything I'm going to do or all these cool ministry opportunities that I get to be a part of. It's literally because Jesus came and lived a perfect life and he died a perfect death and he rose victorious over the grave and he puts that righteousness on me. He says when I go to heaven, hey, I know he doesn't deserve to get in, but I got the cheat code. I died on the cross. I rose from the dead. Let him in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it literally has nothing to do with Dakota. It has yeah. everything to do with God. And so this last weekend when when Mike had me come up on stage, he was like, hey, what's one thing you want these kids to learn this weekend? I had nothing in mind, but it just like flowed out of me like Holy Spirit vomit is the worst Holy way to put Spirit it. Holy Spirit vomit. I was like, I want you guys to understand that it's not about you and it's all about God. Everything's about God. If your life's not all about God, you're not living right. Mm -hmm. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. God's at the top in my life decisions. God's at the top in my love decisions. God's at the top when I'm on the internet. God's at the top when I'm on Facebook. When I see this super spicy political meme that I want to <laughs> share and I know I shouldn't because it's going to take away from the glory of God. Like, God's first. Mm -hmm. That's, like, he's going to, if you fix your eyes on him, you don't have to worry about anything. Like people, like my wife's like, I don't understand. You just don't care about, I'm like, I don't. I literally care about God. And guess what? My life's amazing. Yeah, I don't make a lot of money. I don't need a lot of money. I got money coming, okay? <laughs> I'm storing up treasures in heaven. Yeah. I know where to put my finances and it's not in the stock market, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's not. It's in Jesus. Like I'm not, I, all my stocks on, on him, dude. I'm putting I'm, all the glory goes to him. All my effort goes to him. My 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 spare thoughts. I'm trying to give him all of it. It's 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 a process. I'm not perfect at it, but literally, I just want everything to be about him. I want my wife's life to be all about him. I want my child's life to be all about him. I want the people who's around me life to be all about him. I want the kids who's camp, who come to this camp, their lives to be all about him. I want the staff at this camp to be all about him. I want everyone to be all about Jesus. Yeah. That's Literally. So all right. Well, we're getting to that point. Do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I do. Okay. God is most glorified when you are most satisfied in him. Mm -hmm. If you're getting satisfaction from your phone, if you're getting satisfaction from this delicious cup of coffee, instead of getting satisfaction from him, you are stealing glory from the God of the universe. All right? And God deserves all the glory. So, 
God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. And you guys, He is all satisfying. There is nothing that He does not provide us, that He does not bless us with. He gives us everything that we need, and for whatever reason, then some. Alright? So just satisfy yourselves, dwell, abide in Him, and He will be glorified, which is what we were created for. BTW, all right? By the way, that's why he created us, to glorify him. <sighs> it's exciting <laughs> stuff. I'm passionate about it. I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to tell more people about it. It's so awesome. Like, he is so satisfying. And I just want everyone to know, you guys, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. He's wonderful. And he's a good God. And he supplied us with amazing grace in his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Dakota, for sharing. It's about time. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, if you set up a time, we come. Or we just come if you don't set up a time, too, apparently. Yeah. But I'm so happy that you shared. Thank you so much. I'm sure the listeners will be blessed. I was blessed. I, you're so passionate, and it's so awesome to see you. All glory be to Christ. Uh, amen. Amen. All I right. It. That's Yay! it, guys. Woo! Studio audience. <laughs> they were real quiet, guys. All right. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.